Vast fields of ice and snow stretch out before our eyes. Nearly unbroken in all directions, its expansive whiteness reaches across the unfriendly landscapes of the Uden Dominion. Sharp ice cliffs like rows of knives pointed heavenward. Dark, shadowy crevices carved into the earth. And gnarled, long dead flora frozen solid by the cold. All lightly painted with the soft white shade of an ever-present coat of snow. Hidden amongst these land excuse me, hidden amongst these very landscapes, in the Dominion town of Arostadol, a raucous feast comes to a close with an unexpected bout of combat. The night grows long, and people begin to leave. They go home, their meals finished, drinking to their satisfaction. The Iron Hand, long since retired, as the actual dining hall of the longhouse begins to slowly empty, and the bonfire in the center grows low and somewhat cool. The Blackcoats, Diela Uwe and her two lieutenants, after Colonel Uwe lost in a bit of unarmed combat with Ozius, all retired for the evening leaving, followed by a sort of swell of jeers and boos as they slowly leave the longhouse. Kaisa doing her best to keep the people of the town at least somewhat cordial to their guests. In the absence of her father, the Iron Hand, she attempts to keep the room under control, as the only ones left are our three friends, and those more prone to longer nights drinking, the more rowdy. As the night grows long, our three friends find themselves sitting at the same long banquet table they were at previously. But now, stationed across from them in the place of the three black coat officers, is a tall gentleman in a suit, checkerboard patterned, a white mask with no features, and a top hat. His umbrella hanging by its handle from the edge of the table. Gloved hands steepled in front of him. His posture leaned forward. You can't see his face, but everything about his posture and form says that he's smirking wryly as he stares across the table at the three of you. It's... A pleasure to meet all of you, truly. I am sorry about earlier. I was interested in speaking with you, in particular, Miss Fisk. I was told of you by your friend Ozius here, and then, of course, with the proceedings of the night getting a little out of hands. Um, well, that fight was actually quite a marvelous Ozius. Good work. Great show. I'm glad I could give you some space to really do your thing. But now that it's calmed down a bit. I'd love to actually speak with you all. I was told, Miss Fisk, that perhaps you're the person to speak to if someone is looking to cut a deal or make some sort of uh, bargain with an individual such as myself. I'm a practice practicer of the arcane and quite a good one at that, and I do carry a great deal of interesting objects of power that I'd be willing to sell or make a trade with someone interested 
Uh, Why would I be interested? Uh, she actually addresses that to Ozzy. <laughs> Maisel, Drang, this is the weirdo who kidnapped me. Uh. Um, you know, Maisel, you're on your, uh, your, your quest. Whatever it is that you're doing. <laughs> I just thought maybe you'd want some help with that quest. <laughs> uh, and I thought maybe this person could do it. Oh, I can help in many ways with many <laughs> different things, but it really just depends on what you're looking for. But your tone uh, incites a sense of doubt in what I was told initially. But no harm done. If that's not the case, I can always take my services and my wares elsewhere. I just figured I would give you the opportunity to... Demonstration. How about, uh... From what little you've gleaned from, uh, group here, what do you think would be the most interesting and exciting piece you'd want to part with for us? Oh, dear. Let's think. There's a number of things I could offer. And he reaches into his uh, coat pocket and pulls out a piece of parchment rolled up and sealed with like a wax seal. He sets it on the table. He's like, this one would be interesting. He reaches into the other side, pulls out a little black wood box, sets it on the table. This one would also be fun. And then there's always the uh, I want to reach are... for it before he's oh, even yeah. done talking. Which, which one? <laughs> uh, the box. Okay. Yeah, he he just puts his hands up. Oh, please, yes, of course. Take the the item, though. Before you're allowed to keep it, we'll have to come to an agreement. But if you'd like to take a look at it, no, of course. To. Um, I just I want to like look it over, and it's I'm assuming it like has a box. It has a way to open. Yeah, um, it's just a little latch top lid. It's not locked or anything. Okay, yeah, it's maybe e about I, that without way. even. Without looking at it, that like without examining it from the outside, I just want to go straight to opening it. Okay. You open it, and the interior is lined with purple velvet. And sitting in a little divot in the center is what looks like a bell, like one you would see at the counter of like a a, a shop. Uh, I want to pick it up and. Um, do that thing where you're like, is it like a full, like, hit it on the top one or like, yes. okay, yes. Never mind. You, it's um, one that you would tap and ring to let someone know that you've, you're requiring their services. Got it. Uh, I want to take it out and put it on the table next to the box. Um, and look at, uh, it's Adelaide, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm supposed to, uh, hit it or... Does it do something on its own? Well, when rung, it does summon something of interest, though I would not recommend doing so here. Bit too small of a space. Best done outside where there's room for it to apparate. She gets up and takes it. <laughs> He grabs his umbrella and stands, and he looks at Drang and Ozias. He grabs the parchment and tucks it back into his jacket. It appears a demonstration is in order. Um, oh, yes. you intend she likes join. demonstrations. 
<laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, Ozzy, I'm clearly in pain. Gets up and follows, follows <laughs> Oh, I cast out. cure wounds on you. Uh, oh, that's right. You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. You big baby. Not, not cure soreness. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> cure bruise. Um, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I stood up, like, not planning on walking away from them. I was waiting for them to yeah, come to exactly this conclusion. So. Adelaide follows behind his umbrella, kind of the the hook, the handle, like slung over his arm, and follows closely behind, just walking at a nice brisk pace as he follows you outside. And as soon as he steps outside, he looks left and right, and he says, perhaps um, somewhere with a little more space, it's quite large. Um, over here should work, if you'd like to follow me. Please. And he leads you behind the longhouse and through an alley into an open plot, what looks like it could be a, a space to build another full longhouse, quite large, um, easily 100 feet or so in width and a couple hundred long, um, a big space of land completely open. And he says, now, um, simply stand where uh, you're facing the open space and ring the bell. Why should I do it? And she tries to hand it to him. <laughs> he rings it as it's in okay. your hand. And it ding rings out, echoing through the open air. And there's this silence for a moment. And then as if out of nowhere, a mist begins to roll in and collect in this open space. And it rises, taking shape and slowly pulling up away from the ground into this massive, like, square, rectangular-ish feet-like shape. And then as the mist solidifies, it fades, and as it pulls away, left in its place is the front of what looks like a large, like, chateau or hotel with massive pillars on the front and these double-wide stairs leading up to these beautiful, intricate doors with gold handles and beautiful stained-glass windows directly above the doors and large bay windows to either side. What? what why would we want this? Perhaps a look inside may clue you in a little more. Um, this is a sort of interdimensional object. It summons a bit of a pocket dimension, something that can uh, steal you away from the more harsh of environments, giving you a brief moment of respite away from anything that may be harrying you, whether it is the elements themselves or an angry mob no one can enter other than the person who rings the bell and those <coughs> they personally welcome into the chateau so it's a safe place of respite from any threat to your well-being not to mention it comes with certain um amenities as well quite good ones the caretaker in particular is um quite good at their job Well, you rang the bell. Are you going to invite us in? Oh, please. And he, again, holds his hand out to the double-wide stairs to the, the entry of the chateau. 
Maze was the worst. <laughs> New worst. Um, yeah, that's that's true. I'll walk in, uh, and I just I want to I, I want to say that there's like a visible prickling of her around this like uh, ornateness and uh, like uh, I, I think in her mind. Uh, 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 resigning back to like old habits of like being in this sort of place mm -hmm. sure yeah he again he welcomes you up to the top and as you step to the the front and you push open the doors it opens into this large beautiful red carpet with gold trim on the entryway as he kind of follows behind and leads you all up the stairs and through the doorway through the threshold into the building it is the sort of concierge and check-in desk of a very fancy hotel. Beautiful dark woods, um, gold accents, beautiful light fixtures of glass hanging from the ceiling, and standing behind the desk of the counter, um, the check-in, is a sort of tall, regally dressed in this sort of like double-breasted coat with like an ascot popping out at the neck, this sort of lupine, almost fox-like or um, sort of like wild dog-esque figure with this very like long flowing um, uh, fur that comes back almost like this mane down their back, um, their hands gloved as they are sitting at the counter um, just like moving things, like a pen and a small notebook. As you enter, they cast a glance over in your direction. Their very narrowed face and features see you and they nod and they pull their hand across the book and it opens. And they grab the pen and they set it on top of the now opened uh, check-in sheet before them. Uh, this is the caretaker, Adelaide interrupts. They are the um, proprietor of this location. It is a space for those who have any such key as this bell can enter and they can spend their time here in the care of the caretaker and they can make use of the uh, facilities of the chateau. There are others who come and go from this place beyond just myself or you, if you keep this bell in your possession, it is a meeting place of sorts for some, a getaway for others. How did you get it? By making a very good deal. <laughs> so all the others that uh, supposedly come and go how often where are they what uh and she addresses the uh the caretaker what's the uh occupancy rate these days the caretaker pulls a small set of glasses from the breast pocket of their vest and it's attached to a little chain to the vest and they set it on their nose and they pull open the last page uh, before this blank one and they look down and tilt the page up and then set it back down and they take the glasses off slowly and tuck them back into the 
breast pocket. And they turn to you and they say, There have been four guests within the last year to the chateau. It has been a quiet few months. But as such, we are well kept and awaiting guests. And as they turn their hand forward, um, a door just on the other side of this space opens and another individual, identical to the person behind the counter, steps forward, holding a small tray with a sort of collection of small uh, cups that are slowly producing steam. And they walk over to a small set of sitting chairs and a small coffee table and they set them down and the second individual that just emerged says would anyone care for coffee actually no drang uh <coughs> drang sits down <laughs> like huh i have had much ale coffee would be good yeah also drang why not drang actually does say this in sylvan She's watching them closely for comprehension. They nod in response to every word you speak. Um, they sort of offer you a knowing, like, smile of the eyes, but no actual change in the, the like features of the mouth. Um, and that second figure turns to all of you and says, The beans are roasted in-house by myself, ground by hand, and made fresh. Pour over. Uh, sounds delightful. Sign me up. I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, Maisel actually walks over to, is if there's a window nearby, I think I want to lean it against, against it. Okay. At this point, uh, you've all stepped in and the doors have closed behind you. <laughs> and you, as you approach the window to sort of lean up to it, you notice that through the window, now that the door has closed, the outside is just an opaque whiteness. It looks almost like a, a blowing, like, sleet storm almost, just like these swirls of, like, bits of flecks of white and then mist um, that just obscures vision beyond the immediate uh, space outside the window itself. The second uh, figure sort of nods, leaving the tray of coffee on the table and leaves back through the door they entered through. The caretaker speaks again. Are you all guests? Or are you simply visiting? Uh, I think Ozzy just looks at Maisel. Same. <laughs> <laughs> We're just here for a moment. Um... And I'm not enjoying myself. I'd like to leave. I am sorry to hear this, but... Should we get our coffees first? <laughs> they're, they're sitting on a platter just like on the... Oh, if, unless you're speaking oh, to, to Maisel out loud. Yeah, I am. Okay. Um, but yeah, the caretaker says, You are welcome to leave anytime you wish. Uh, she's She eyes Adelaide to see if he agrees. He 
stands away from the door that he was standing in front of and puts his hand out. Please, if you are not comfortable, then by all means, we can leave. Okay, I I would like to do that. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um, so I guess I, I just like storm towards the door um, and try to open it. Mm-hmm. You open it and <laughs> you step back out into that same plot okay. in a roasted all um, onto the steps. Um, and you actually notice now, looking into the space, that the exterior of the building is very ornate and decorated, but as you look inside, you can tell that the space is much deeper than the exterior belies. It's it's a much bigger building on the inside. Um, and uh, Adelaide uh, says to the caretaker, Is it alright if we take the coffee with us? And the caretaker nods. And he gestures for Drang and uh, Ozzyus to stand. He's like, well, uh, I suppose we best be going. Mm. Uh, Drang's going to turn to the caretaker. And again, in Sylvan, now that she's fully aware of... of, um, It has been, for my friend, a difficult evening. Please do not hold this against her. Your hospitality has been excellent. Thank you. I do not hold anything against any guest that enters these halls. It is my job to serve. So. Ozzy says, thanks for the Joe, and walks out with this cup. <laughs> it's like a nice, fancy little, like, like teacup almost. Like a china cup? Yeah, I yeah. love that. But they did spell your name wrong on it. It's O-S-E-Y. Yeah, totally. Who <laughs> <laughs> was Osley? <laughs> and uh, as you guys exit and step down the steps um, of the chateau, it just whoosh, turns to to mist and gets swallowed up by the breeze. Um, I think if Maisel was ahead of everyone else, she's like standing down at the um, the bottom of the the handful of steps, uh, looking away from it, um, like hands in her pockets, like just trying to look as upset as she is. <laughs> okay. Um, I think Ozzy approaches Maisel and is like, look, I don't know, after you you did the thing with the fire and then the mishap with the tube and the gun, I just figured maybe you'd want something to help you out a little bit. I, I appreciate it, Ozzy. It's just not, not that. Uh, she looks then, back at him. Then what um, is it, Miss Fisk? Yeah. Where is your magical curiosity lie? If it's not in the fantastical ways in which it can pamper, then what is it that you're looking for? If you're not looking to give yourself this, perhaps you're looking for something that does something a bit more Violent? Harmful, <laughs> maybe? How about practical? How about helpful? How about... Anything is practical when applied in the right way, Miss Fisk. Just depends on whether or not you have the mind to find a way to make it practical for you. I can only do so much to offer you things. You have to find a use for them. After all, you're the one who has to make an offer if you want them at all. If they're not something you can find a use for, then I'm 
wasting my time. No offense meant. I don't oh. have to do a single damn thing. You approached me. Show me the opposite of that. The opposite of that? Hmm. It's just a strange way to put that. What is the opposite of hotel? <laughs> Motel. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Fisk, what is it that you seek to accomplish? Then perhaps I can judge more appropriately what to offer you. What do you want? What do you seek to do? To... <laughs> well, I'm going north to, uh, in the stead of someone, uh, to reach the courts as a, an emissary of the, I don't know you. I'm going north. You're going north. North is dangerous. Mm-hmm. So are you looking perhaps for something to protect you? To scare away things that seek to do you harm. Maybe a method in which to do harm first before harm can be done to you. I can make all of these things possible. Yeah, do you have anything that prevents impaling? <laughs> I have a little bit. actually looks at Ozzy and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some things that that actively impale. <laughs> oh, we we do not want that. Well, Priya, Drang is nodding like, yeah, no, we need to, like, I'm with this. <laughs> Anti-impaling. <laughs> he pulls out a small notepad and writes something down and then puts it back in his pocket. <laughs> I want to be able to traverse north uh, without a mount or a, anything like that. I want to be able to walk on in the tundra, the snow. Well, it's not often that I turn people away in seeking the goods of others, but what you're asking for is the blessing of the Emperor, Miss Fisk. The only people and who you have don't that. have that. I thought you sold anything that we would need. The Black Iron Legion walk through the ice and snow as if thin air. It's what has made the Dominion uninvadable for hundreds of years. Have you seen it? The way that their armor. Heavy black iron cuts through snow as if a hot knife through butter. I can't say I've been aware. Mm. Yes, we have seen one. This is unique to them. Something that I can't rightly claim to have myself I have ways to make such a thing possible, but the easiest method is to simply be given that blessing. The gift of the Emperor is a difficult thing to earn. The Legionnaires perform ritual combat 
to earn this blessing. Maybe something that helps with ritual combat. I do carry a lot of weapons. <laughs> I believe Ozias has actually seen some. Why? I don't think so. Perhaps while you were kidnapped? <laughs> Doesn't ring a bell. No mm. pun intended. Mm. Mm hmm. Yes. Mm. Well. Mm -hmm. Well, again, I have things that may be able to get you close. Magical implements that would increase the physical abilities you have. Things that would make you faster, stronger. Um, objects that may um, hold back the tide of the cold, but. Something that does all of it. That's unique. Uh, I think she looks back to Ozzy. So, he's the one that has our best chance for earning that. How can you help him? I'm not going to do ritual combat for you, Maisel. Oh, come on. Sure you will. <laughs> I mean, I already did it once tonight. I didn't even know what I was fighting for. And you did an I excellent didn't job today. Yeah, you were great impressive. out there. <laughs> um, I don't know. It feels like a fine. I will. Yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe you, you get something to help you with that. Maybe a great. Maybe a cool bow. That's that's what you're after, right? A bow. Maybe he's, he's got a cool bow. I'm sure I could find one. It's not something that sticks out in my mind. I tend to gravitate to the more obscure items, things that are a little more full of character. But I don't doubt that there's a bow or two within my goods. Something that what about would be more powerful than your average piece of wood and twine. What about something that helps you find missing things? You got anything like that? <clears throat> Something that helps you find missing things. That I might be able to make happen. Sure, what sort of uh, enchanted magnifying glass do you have for our sudden PI department? I do have an enchanted magnifying glass, but it doesn't find <laughs> missing objects. Um, but I do have something that would. What is it that you've lost that you need to find? I'm curious. We didn't lose it. We're looking. I'm looking for uh, something someone else had stolen. I see. Well, let's go take a look. Um, pardon. This'll be a bit fast. And then he taps his umbrella on the ground twice, and all of you vanish. Just <laughs> out of thin air. As he says, not again! <laughs> uh, and you apparate inside Adelaide's shop. Lined nope. with tables and tables of knickknacks and strange objects. As you enter, it is lit, illuminated. 
um, by small sconces lining the walls. The space is quite small. There is a count, a small little counter and cash register in the back and a little door leading to a back room, a door on the front, and it looks like a curio shop. It's packed floor to ceiling, wall to wall with just stuff. And every single individual item has a single little tag tied to the object with a little piece of white thread. And Adelaide walks up to the counter and he takes off his hat and sets it down and his umbrella. And he turns and he looks about the room and he says, now, where did I put the little bastard? Um, and he starts sorting through like <laughs> tables and moving objects until he finds a little jar that he picks up. He says, ah, here he is. Now, this will help you find a missing object, if that is in fact what you are looking for, Miss Fisk. He sets it on the counter, and it is a glass jar with a twist-top lid, and inside is what looks like a sort of like dome of brass that's flush on the bottom, uh, set against the bottom of the jar. And Adelaide looks at it, and he leans down and looks into the the glass, and he says, Oh, lazy. And he picks it up and shakes it and sets it back down. And the brass object rattles around, and then segments of it split apart, and it starts walking. As it's a tiny little brass beetle. And it starts crawling up the sides of the, the jar. And he says, This is a finder bug. It's a bit on the nose as far as names go. I personally would have named it something a little more mysterious, but it does as it's named. If you tell it what you seek, it will pursue that object ceaselessly until it locates it. I was just gonna say, Ozzy is like actively trying not to look at the table where he took the knives from. <laughs> Adelaide, uh, as he's talking, he walks over to the spot where the knives were, and there's like a perfect like chalk outline in the dust of <laughs> two two knives, and he runs his gloved hand through it <laughs> and walks back over to the counter. Not my best heist. <laughs> Well, once again, demonstrate. I'm not taking this on faith. Very well. He unscrews it, and he whispers something into the, into the open lid. And then he sets the jar down on its side, and the beetle slowly crawls out. And then its shell opens, and little wings unfurl. And it slowly rises up off the counter and flies and lands on Ozzyus's shoulder and starts slowly crawling down his, like, chest towards <laughs> the wraps in his belt where the knives are currently hidden, and then it just stops. Ozzy gives, like, a big defeated sigh and, like, pulls the knives out and is like, all right, uh, Maisel, I was going to give these to you as a thank you gift for the gloves. Clearly the jig is up. Um... <laughs> Maybe ask what these cool knives do also. <laughs> Just a thought. What does it 
And Drang kind of looks between Ozzy and the beetle a couple times. What does it eat? <laughs> oh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't need to eat. It's it's an enchanted um, automaton. It is not a living thing. It is given a purpose uh, through magic. How long does it live? Well, it's not alive, so it doesn't die. It's just a... How long does it do that? Until it finds what it's looking for, and then it goes back to a inert state. And he plucks it off of Ozzyus and puts it in the jar. And it's gone back to just being nothing more than what looks like a button from a jacket almost. And he screws the lid back on and sets it down. What do the knives do? <laughs> the knives. Those ones are some of my favorites. Perhaps we wait until we're done discussing this uh, small fellow. I'd be happy to show you how those work. Well, what if Maisel wants them? What if, oh. I don't want them. I don't use knives. I don't want the knives. How much... Ozzy's like... <laughs> 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 we, need to, we need to go to bed so we can put an end to Maisel's very long, very bad day. <laughs> How much like, for the, uh, the bug? What are you willing to offer, Maisel Fisk? No. That's no. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's how I do business. Coin does me very little good. I could make it out of thin air if I wanted to. Well, then I don't know what I have to offer you, because that's all I have. Oh, you have more than that, Maisel, I'm sure. You just have to think a little more creatively. You're thinking far too narrow. Where do you come from, exactly, Miss Fisk? Um, monetary things are not all you can offer someone in exchange for something they're willing to give you. Just think a bit outside that. You asked where I'm from. I'm from Earth. I, I'm from Bethune. Um, Bethune? Agriculture. That's right. What was your life like in Bethune, Miss Fisk? Different. Than this, no doubt. I'm sure you didn't see very many people like me in Bethune. I didn't see very many people. In fact, I was not in Bethune that often. We traveled to <clears throat> the other hamlets to organize, and I didn't see very many people there at all. Why did you leave? I hear it's very peaceful there. <laughs> I don't really make it down there very often myself. I like traveling to the more exotic places in Bailheart. <clears throat> And beyond. I, uh, tried to make some changes, and it didn't go as I expected. I was trying to organize a bit of a political group, and, well, it didn't work out the way I thought it would, and I thought I should... Maybe have a new goal in mind. 
And what is that new goal? I will let you know if I figure it out. I see. In search of a purpose. I respect that. Tell me, Miss Fisk, what is it that you liked the most about your home before you left it behind? Sunsets. I have heard that the skies the, uh... are unusually clear in the hearth. Where the house, my father and I, up, uh, wasn't so much as a, a, a hill as edge of some <laughs> landfill that had long ago lost its stink. And, uh, despite that being the providence of where we lived, it had a very good view over certainly not our land, but people whose we were trying to make a difference for. So sunsets, not because they looked like anything different, but because of what you could see over them. Hmm. I believe I'm prepared to make you an offer, Miss Fisk. Hmm? So? I will give you this object. And I will also keep an eye out for you. You're traveling further north, and I plan to make my ways to the capitals at some point. See if there's others I can sell my wares to on my way there, so no doubt you will see me again. I will always leave my door open to you so that you can continue to seek my services. If there's anything else I can offer you that you may want. But, in exchange, Miss Fisk, you will never see a sunset in the hearth again. Does that seem fair? Um, I think still instinctively, uh, I look to Drain. <laughs> um, what do I do, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> Drain's kind of... Uh... I think just because Drang is so very connected to the natural world, this sounds extremely off-putting to her. So she's... Half frowning, half perplexed. Like Ozzy, on the other hand, is like, eh, not bad. <laughs> I agree. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> Judging from your tone, I don't know if you are intending to ever return home. But should you, you will relinquish this one luxury. Um, Maisel. Steps away and just looks aimlessly across a bit, of, uh, a couple of the curios, uh, for a second. When uh, when I left, it was <laughs> it was early morning, so I I missed a prime opportunity for that to be more poetic to begin with. She smacks the table. It's a deal. He holds out his hand to shake yours. And he 
grips your hand tightly and takes his other and runs his palm along the back of your hand in his. And he lets go. And there is a small black mark on the back of your hand. Is this so I can get back in? No, it's to make sure that our deal stays upheld. And I went ahead and sent you the image of that symbol. Uh, Thank you. Just a little black mark on the back of your hand. It says, well, here you go. Your finding bug. Again, terrible name. Some of these wizards have no taste, I swear. All right, what do the knives do? Oh, about that. If you could, and he grabs both of them, (laughs) and he takes one and holds it by the blade and he throws it at the wall and it sticks in. And then he puts his finger up and he says, now give it a, and he vanishes and appears with his hand holding the knife all the way across the room. And he pulls it out of the wall and he puts them together and sets them back down on the table. A good party trick, don't you agree? Ozzy again looks at Maisel like. (laughs) 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 What do you want? Sunrises and noon for those? Only your firstborn child. Mm, Very good. I. Do you want these, Ozzy? I already bought you gloves. I don't know how to use knives, but they're so cool. Look at them. I want these for you, Maisel. I want these for you. <laughs> Mr. Ozius, I'd be willing to make a deal with you for them. Uh, uh, yeah, all right, tell me what you got. Step forward, Mr. Ozius. Yeah, Ozzy steps forward. May I see your hand? Yeah, Ozzy puts his gloved hand out. He closes his gloved hand around yours, and he turns your like your hand over a couple times, and he lets go. Very nice to meet you, Mr. Ozius. And who you used to be. And he picks up both the knives, and he hands them towards you. You may have them now. Excuse me? Oh, I have more than what I could ever ask for for these. I wasn't expecting it to be quite so interesting. You do have a bit of a strange smell about you, but I wasn't expecting that. Ozzy just kind of, like, looks around for a second, um, and then just takes the knives and, like, turns to leave. <laughs> Pleasure doing business Maisel with leans you, Mr. Into- <laughs> That basically leads into Drang. Are we going to talk to him about that smell? (laughs) (laughs) We should. I would like to leave. I don't know where we are. We. uh, I. I also. I don't want to be here. Okay. Very well. You may leave. And Mr. Ozius. 
As soon as you learn who you are, please come back and see me. Oh. Ozzy's <laughs> like, have a nice night. I think Ozzy is actively opening and closing the door. Oh, you open it, and the, the, the first time it immediately opens to the the street uh, in front of that that okay, shop cool. <laughs> Yeah, Ozzy's already like out the door immediately. And as you all leave, the door closes behind you, and again, inside is just an empty storefront with nothing inside. Edge of the World is hosted on Shortwave, but Shortwave does way more than just host our audio. Shortwave builds our feed, gives us audience analytics, packages our player, and gives us a free website too. But the coolest thing is that Shortwave stitches our content together automatically so we can do things like swap this ad out for another one whenever we want, or change the outro on all of our episodes at once to announce new projects. Whether you're starting your first podcast or migrating your incredibly successful one over, Shortwave is super easy to use and comes with a free 14-day trial at GoShortWave.com. That's G-O-S-H-O-R-T-W-A-V-E.com. Get started with hosting, syndication, analytics, web players, and dynamic content stitching at GoShortWave.com. As you all stand um, out in the cold late at night. up to Ozzy. And smacks him in the shoulder. What in the world was that? What do you mean? What was what was that? We went shopping. Kidnapped. I just had my <laughs> sunsets taken from me. You made the deal. You wanted a bug that could find things. <laughs> You're a nuisance. You know that? Oh, I'm the nuisance <laughs> here. Yes, it's me, the nuisance. <laughs> Hi everybody, it's Ozzy the nuisance. Ah, uh, Ozzy is like walking off to the to the end, <laughs> just like muttering. <laughs> uh, Maisel is also gonna like stomp off towards the inn, and then seeing Ozzy doing that, she just like stomps a couple feet in the other direction and then towards that way. <laughs> I like how both of you got what you wanted at no major ill will to either, and yeah. <laughs> somehow you're mad. <laughs> Everyone's just sleepy. Everyone's had a long day. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a long day, and it's not quite a late and cold night. What would you like to do? Are you all heading back to the inn? Let's get rooms. Let's okay. yeah, go I'm to going sleep. To bed. Cool. Oh, I was going to sit down in the bar for a second, but okay. if everyone else is going to bed, I don't no. want to be there alone. I don't want to be Maisel's, that guy. Actually, I was going to say, if Maisel's <laughs> going to the bar, Drang actually does want to talk to Maisel about something. So okay. The two of you can take a seat and have a drink together. Ozzy, as you said, you were going to, sit, mm -hmm. to bed. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. I assume whatever room Zeph is in, I'm just splitting that with him. Okay. Assuming he's still... Yeah, he's here. Yeah, you know. He was bathing that whole time. He's really pretty. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, I paid for his bath. He better have not left. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Drang, Maisel, the two of yeah. you are sitting. Um, the bartender is still wrapping up. It's quite late, but when he sees you enter, he nods and says, I'm, uh, I'm only serving drinks for another hour, so... Don't have to leave, but I'm only going to give you until then to order anything. And I think despite having said she'd had too much ale earlier, Drang's going to order another one. Okay. Yeah. Myself. 
Did I ever tell you about my children? Myself. No. No. Back on the island. They are not my children, children. They are like you, mortals. <laughs> and Are they... you calling me a child? No. No, but you remind me of them. They are um, what you would call a political group. Political group. <laughs> Sorry. I have stumbled. <laughs> they are... Um, they needed to be taught the ways of the wood. How to use the land as an ally in their fight against oppression. They have been called terrorists, and I do not think that is the case, but I think you would like them, my children. And once we have finished this journey, perhaps you would like to come back to the Isle and meet them. I think they would like you. Do you think I'm a child? <laughs> no. no, sorry. I, I mean my children in the familial sense, not that they are actual children. Do you think I'm a terrorist? No, no. <laughs> but the way you spoke earlier of trying to get people to change their circumstances, it is the kind of thing my children say and fight very hard for. Hmm. It is important for people to, hmm, well, to believe in something. It is what I like so much about you, myself. Well. Thank you, Drang. Um, thank you. Can I ask something along similar lines? Mm. We <clears throat> we met because you were uncomfortable on an elevator, and it was a terrible elevator. That's not the basis of most friendships, let alone whatever this has become. Why, uh, why did you take an elevator when you have all the time in the world to get to where you're going? I do not. I cannot miss court. Did you leave late? It was a long journey from the aisle, longer than I am used to. I was anxious that I should not be late. Does involving yourself with <laughs> your children or people who remind you of them, does that make you later? It is important to believe in things. I do not want to disappoint him, but 
it would be disappointing to him not to believe as well. What happens if you never get there? Do you remember the mother in the city we left who had her shop, sold you the scarf and the stone? I do. There are those of us who no longer attend court, who are no longer part of the court. They must find their own way. To fail to attend court is to no longer be a part of it. Trying, that's what everyone's doing, finding our own way. Perhaps. Perhaps I am frightened of it. If so, I would not admit it. Ozzyus, as this conversation is occurring, Mm. you go to your shared room with Seth, and you do open the door, and the room is empty. He's cranking it. (laughs) (laughs) He's definitely cranking it, though. (laughs) Zeph is gone. Mm Mm-hmm. I did it! My plan since episode one worked! Yay! We did it! (laughs) Ozzy just, uh... Gone. Just shakes his head real slow, uh, and then turns around and walks back downstairs. And as this conversation is ending where you left off Bill, that is Ozzy, and you descend the stairs and catch the end of this conversation. Um, I think Maisel catches that he's walking down. Um, Ozzy, we were just talking about the, uh, frailty of life and the meaning of, I don't know what, I'm tired and... Yeah, cool, great. Uh, I need the bug. Yeah, that's good. I need the bug real quick, please. Excuse me? Can I see the bug, please? The bug I just bought. The bug that I just gave up. (laughs) <laughs> I, Why? I, will, I will give it back. No, I believe that. Why do you need my new bug? You have two bugs of your own. Somebody they're, knows. They're very large bugs, but they I, do bite him. Y- yeah, they don't like me. And also, I need the bug that finds things. Somebody just took something that's very important from me. I promise you I'll give it back. This shouldn't take more than an hour. I'll go what? with you. Okay, great. Sounds good. Can I have the bug, please? I'll go with you with my bug. Okay, can I see the bug, please? Uh, yeah, she pulls it out and gives it to him. <laughs> um, Ozzy takes the bug and then to it says um, the coat that he bought for Zeph. Sure. Do I overhear that? Depends on if he's trying to be quiet. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Ozzy did just like whisper it to the bug. Okay. okay. Um, can I try to overhear it? <laughs> Make a perception check for me. Uh, 12. Uh, you don't quite catch it. He whispers something about okay. a coat, something about a coat. You, you, you hear the word coat and that's about all you hear. The, <laughs> the little brass insect comes to life and starts crawling up the inside of the jar and then out the top and it's wings and furrow and it slowly flies towards the door and stops when it hits the door. 
and starts crawling towards the edge of the door frame to try and make it through. I would like to walk over and open the door. Drank pounds of ale and follows. I'll pay the bill. <laughs> you uh, you watch as it flies out into the main plaza, and then off to the side, and then around the back into an alley. And as you follow close behind it, it leads you through back alleyways between some of the, the smaller buildings just outside this main plaza. And then after about a minute of following it, it takes a sharp turn and heads away from the main plaza towards um, one of the main streets heading away from the center of town. And a few more minutes pass and it pulls back into another side alley and then slowly lands on a coat slung over a crate. And then it folds back up and stops. Um, yeah, I think I, I approach it and pick it up and then pick the coat up. Um, and I would like to do a, do a look around. Okay, make an investigation check for me. Uh, Maisel, um, Drang, if you two follow, you, you recognize the coat as being Zeph's. Yeah, if I'm, like, traipsing up behind as, uh, Ozzy starts to look around, um, I would imagine that you're moving at kind of a clip, because mm-hmm. you're a purpose-driven guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, catch up and slow down. A coat Ozzy, a coat. It is the middle of the night. Go to sleep then. This won't take long. I promise you I will bring the bug back. <sighs> what? Did, Wait, that's not yours. What did you roll, by the way, Dalton? I rolled a 12. Okay. Um, you look around. The coat is um, not hidden. It's just thrown aside. Um, mm-hmm. You do notice, however, that there's two sets of footprints in the snow. Mm. Um, one that looks like a large humanoid, probably a man's footprints. Um, and then a second set that are much, much smaller, almost like children's footprints, very small. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would like to follow the foot, start following the footprints. Okay. Like Mid conversation. <laughs> um, that's not your, where's Zeph, Ozzy? That's what I'm trying to find out. Uh, I see. Uh, Dalton, if I could have you make a survival check to track yes. the footprints in the snow. Totally. That's another 12. Okay. You follow them through the alley. They turn a couple times. And when they break open out into a main thoroughfare, they're immediately lost in the shuffle of the dozens and dozens of other footprints and hoof tracks and paw prints and cartwheel tracks dug into the snow on the main road. All right, I'm going to take the bug again, and then I'm going to um, say the, the just like another article of clothing that I had bought for Zaf. What else did you buy outside of the coat? I mean, I had told him just like pick out anything he felt like he would need to keep warm. So I don't know. 
maybe he didn't get anything else besides the code. But make make an intelligence check to see if you can actually recall the specifics of anything beyond the coat. Cool. Oof. Yeah, seven. Yeah, you. The coat you could remember and picture in your head, but despite your best efforts, you can't really recall enough detail about anything else he was wearing mm-hmm. to to really get it to work. There's not any anything fine enough that you can really latch onto. Yeah. Um, okay. I I turn to Maisel and Drang and say, "All right, look." You see these footprints? I lose them here. I really need you two's help to find this trail. You don't understand how bad this is for all of us. We need to find him tonight. Uh, the footprints disappeared. And that is where he was carried. Dylan, I have to quit. <laughs> yeah. I gotta Bye, go. everybody. <laughs> I'll see myself out. Um, I guess I'm going to roll a survival check. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, not great. I also got 12. Uh, and yeah. all good. It's, I mean, it's muddy and it's it's a mess. This main mm. street is... It, I can't... Streets. Enough people travel through here where pretty much everything meshes together at this point it's little more than than mud and and snow um i want to look to ozzy and demand the bug back uh give me my button yeah ozzy's just like exasperated and is like visibly kind of like freaking out so he hands the the bug back and is just like looking for anything to like glom onto uh i want to just say zeph to the bug and see if it responds it does not okay we've been treating him as an object this whole time dylan <laughs> <laughs> um okay then that now case, uh, karma <laughs> <laughs> i uh i would not have any confidence that i'd be able to track him um but i do want to uh try to remember the rest of his um clothing make an intelligence check mm-hmm. hmm well no. <laughs> no, that's a six. Yeah. We're just standing around clueless in the middle of the night. Yeah. It's late. Anybody want to get like pancakes really or something? It's late. <laughs> um, Ozzy is like, we need to think. You, I cannot stress how bad this is. This is extremely Ozzie, I bad. I need to know right now why this is bad. You have been pulling a lot of different strings that I don't know anything about. Uh, when we were set off, do no, you remember, <laughs> Ozzy? When we set off, I wanted to get him gone to begin with. Uh, yeah, remember when you him. tried to free him, and then I told you that the people I worked for would kill all of us without even thinking about it. We're there now. If I, he gets I'm out, I'm not dead yet. Oh, just you wait. If they don't do it, I will. If you don't help me find him. Uh, and Ozzy just, like, storms off. Okay. Ozzy's, like, freaking out. All right. Good to know. <sighs> Ozzy, are you keeping the coat? Um, uh, do you still have it with you? Yeah, I'm still carrying it. Okay. Just making sure. 
Uh, yeah, Ozzy storms off, leaving you and Drang standing there. It's probably almost one o'clock in the morning at this point. Um, the uh, the little footprints were those going in the same direction? Yeah, they were walking uh, in lots. Okay. In so lock those are just step. as easily losable. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> um. I want to go back to where the coat was. Mm. Okay. And uh, see if I just, if there's anything else that's like out of place there that like, why was this coast coat taken off right there? Sure. Make another, make an investigation check for me. Okay. That's better. Uh, 19. Okay. Um, you see that um, there's some shuffling and some other marks in the snow. Um, you, you don't get, like, this isn't like, uh, like some mind palace shit where you're like putting all the pieces together and it's <laughs> no. like, everything's coming together. I'm lining up all why the, is it not... the imprints. Why? But you are able to It's tell... a mind palace, but as it's coming together, I just yell, hello, and it falls apart. <laughs> yeah. You do, however, see that there's clearly some sort of like exchange happening. The footprints appear like they are walking into this alley together. Then they are facing each other. There's some other marks in the snow, these like long, light brush marks, like cloth or something dragging across it. Um, and it's right there by the crate where the coat was um, was laid down. Um, you, you can't tell what, but it looks like he may have changed into something else like perhaps another cloak or a different coat something less recognizable um you can't tell if it's like a cloaked hood or another coat that he was given but some he clearly took off the coat and threw it aside um while interacting with this other smaller uh footprinted individual in this space um and as you're looking you actually see there is fallen behind the crate um a small piece of paper kind of lodged between the wall of the building and the wooden crate itself. Well, that's probably nothing. We're in a city, so I'll just ignore that. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the paper. <laughs> um, I want to bend down and pick it up and see if there's anything written on it. Um, there is. Um, just in regular old common, it's just a note that says, we're laying low. Meet me in the lobby after dark. And then signed at the bottom in E. Ozius. What? Who do you know that starts with E? Um, was one of Zeph's compatriots starting with an E? I know I know the names, but Dalton doesn't remember the names. Uh, yes. Um, the two companions that he was supposed to meet, um, that he was in Gunner's Holt with, were Duke Algren and Erica Took. Okay, Erica took yeah. in particular being the halfling that you first grabbed in the inn. Yeah, Ozzy's like Erica took the the halfling. Um, I don't remember if you were there. She's another one of Zeph's crew. Um, Basil looks like looks down and sort of just like runs a, a hand across like the the little footprints. Um, and catches back up with Ozzy and hands him the, the note. 
Um, yeah, Ozzy like reads it and then like sighs a little bit and is like, thank you. I'm sorry I snapped at you. This is just so bad. This is so bad. Um, lobby. Where, where else would have a lobby besides an inn? I think what this is is they've already met. What, but why would she give him the, where would the note be from? Oh, this is so bad. The hotel, the inn, the, the hall where fights take place. Okay, where, where could they have gone afterwards? We know they can't leave the city without transportation out, without dying in the wilderness. Um... The bugs. He knows where the bugs are. Uh, and I'm just gonna, like, take off running. Okay. I... F- fine. <laughs> um, Basil's running after him. For, like, the fifth time tonight, Drang sighs and follows. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys make it to the barracks of the Legion. Uh, when you arrive, there is but one legionnaire propped up against the entryway, sleeping while standing up. Um, and he rouses when you guys approach, uh, helmet on, um, and goes, Oh, um, uh, hello, hello, um, it's, a, it's awfully late. Where are you? going and he kind of like watches as you run towards the back where the, the bugs are lashed <laughs> up and he's like whoa you can't go he can't go back there <laughs> he will <laughs> regardless what's going on guys like this is not all right was... have you seen perhaps um a gentleman about and Drang holds her hand at the wrong height. Um, <laughs> with a human face. <laughs> with yeah. a very small person who also has a human face. <laughs> no. No, I haven't. That's really Have you seen anyone in the past few hours? Two people, a small person and a, well, an us-sized person, together. Uh, no, no. There was, um... I mean, before, before I fell I mean... <clears throat> hmm? <laughs> well, earlier... I saw uh, three people in cloaks walking by. They stopped for a second, uh, just just at the mouth of the the street. Uh, I saw them just down at the end, and it looked like they were looking this way. But then they they turned and they 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 turned and went back into town uh, towards the well, back back towards the um, closer to the center of town. It was kind of weird. It's awfully late to be walking around with a group. Just like you guys, kind of weird. Is he? What's he doing? Are the <laughs> are the bugs still here? Uh, are they? <laughs> yes. Okay. 
The bugs are fine. Yes. They didn't come here. They they're still in town. It looked like I mean they stopped. I saw them. I like stood up and I looked and they kind of talked for a second and then they walked away. Oh boy. Okay. Where else could they go? Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Listen, you guys, it's kind of late. You probably shouldn't be out about town like this. I should probably be making you not be doing this. I don't really want to. So why like, is there I a just... curfew in place? I mean, yeah. <laughs> why? There's always one. It's polite. That's nothing. Politeness. <laughs> well, hey, now we don't tolerate fucking bad shit. manners in this town. Uh, Ozzy's already walking back towards like, the center of town. <laughs> Whatever you guys you are looking for, tired. you can look for it in the morning. Just y'all should go. You seem get tired. Some rest. Perhaps, perhaps you should also return to your sleep. You seem tired. I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> I was keeping watch. I saw you. You should have an leave. excellent job. Damn right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, if we are heading back to the middle of town, um, I want to, uh, like, how how I guess how how far from this like center was our uh, our actual uh, inn? The inn was in uh, was actually at the main plaza. It was just on right. okay on the main plaza, uh, close by to the longhouse. Um, Ozzyus, you know from when you were looking for the lioness earlier. There's a number of other uh, inns, but they're all kind of just branching off of that main plaza on some of the side roads. Uh, only maybe a couple blocks away each. And then most everything else beyond that is mostly private homes. Mm. Ozzyus, what did you do while we were out this afternoon? Did you interact with anyone who would... No hideouts, no something secret about this place? I'm at a loss here, and I'm trying to help. Oh, the only thing... I told Zeph to go buy a bath. I expected him to stay where he was. Um, I went to have a look for this fighting ring that was supposedly in town, uh, and I found it, but I don't... He wouldn't know where that was or have any reason to go there, I don't think. Well, it's not worth checking, is it? I mean, I don't think so, no. Uh, all right, I'm going to go ask the bartender before he closes up if he saw where the three of them or heard where they could have been going. I don't know. Can you two please just look around, see if there's anything else we can find. I will be right back. I'm sorry. This is so bad. I, yeah, if he's walking off, I want to, if I can clean where another inn would be, I just want to walk to it. Sure. Like if there's another larger building that still has some lights on. Yeah, I mean, there's another, there's a number of smaller inns um, near the center of town. As you all kind of collectively head in that direction, Ozzyus, you head back to the inn that you guys are staying at. Uh, Maisel, you make a stop on the way at one of the other larger inns nearby. Uh, Ozzyus, when you enter, barkeep is just closing up. Um, 
he's shelved all of the uh, tankards and, and mugs uh, on the counter and shelves behind him as you enter. And he says, well, yeah, y'all, you and your friends ran out of here uh, awfully quick. Everything all right? No, we're, we're looking for somebody. Do you think you could help me out? And Ozzy, like, pulls out a couple pieces of gold. Yeah, sure. What can I help you with? Uh, did you see the kid we came in here with? Yeah, the, uh, greasy one? Yeah, the greasy one. Uh, did you see him and two others later in the night when we weren't here? Mm, I saw him with, uh, with one. Left with, uh, a halfling girl. Crazy red hair. Halfling girl? Yeah. Did you happen to hear anything about where they were going? Uh, they were whispering mighty quiet. Uh, kind of suspicious-like, but not my business to really pry. Uh, something about staying out of sight for a while, I think I heard. Didn't hear a place, but definitely sounded like they were trying to stay, uh, hidden. Seemed a little, uh, tense. Yeah, uh, can you think of anywhere in town that somebody who was trying to lay low would stay? Mm, lay low. Hard to say for sure. Uh, some of the other inns a little less reputable. More likely to kind of take a little extra coin to make sure clientele stay uh, out of sight, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't really do business with them or talk to anyone like that, though, so you could try... Uh, heard some weird things about the lioness. Its owner's always been a little shifty. And then there's the, uh... Hmm. Uh, there's the, the broken branch. That one's also a bit on the more, uh... Iffy side. Where would you pick first? Uh, and Ozzy, like, pulls out another piece of gold. <sighs> I mean... I don't know the guy from the lioness very well. He moved in from out of town. I think actually from out of the Dominion. Um, I'd probably go to the Broken Branch personally. Feel more comfortable. He's local. All right. Thanks for your time. And Ozzy puts down four pieces of gold on the counter. Uh, mind to kind of you. Thank you. Uh, and I turn back to go link up with the other two. Okay. Uh, Maisel, you stop into that that other s- slightly bigger inn, and you walk inside. There's still, you know, one person sitting at the bar drinking. There's a half-elf woman tending the bar, cleaning things up, and she's actually in the process of trying to shoo away that last patron as you enter. Like, look, I told you, you need to pay your tab and get out of here. It's getting late. I don't want any of the guards coming by and complaining that you're uh, staying up too late. I'll say that I'm Causing trouble for the town, having people drinking this late at night. Aiding uh, and abetting the curfew breakers, hmm? <laughs> trying not to. Once this one actually wants to pay his tab. Can I ask a favor? I'll take his tab. Um, Very well. What's, I'm uh, looking for uh, at least two people. Maybe three. One would be small. Two, uh... Normal size. Um, well, weird screwed. way to put that. My size. Uh, <laughs> uh, three, um, two, two about your size and one smaller. Are we talking? It would have come within the past two, three hours. Oh. Together. Uh, it's been quiet in here for the last couple hours. This guy's been the only patron mm. I've had. 
Uh, any more description you can offer me beyond just their height? He was uh, probably a little pruny. Well bathed. <laughs> hmm. Someone uh, shockingly clean for the dregs we're in. No offense. <laughs> I'll do Bye. my best to overlook it. Uh, Bye. I haven't seen anyone like that tonight. So, hard to say. Been quiet. I haven't had much business for the last four or five hours at this point. I appreciate it. Um, I'll pay the guy's tab. Okay. <laughs> uh, I do also want to uh, sit down next to him really quickly. Sure. And see if I recognize him. <laughs> yeah, you don't. It's a uh, okay. like older some guy. dwarven man. He's like leaning against the... Uh, the bar like counter like gripping <laughs> the mug of ale so tight it looks like it's gonna break in his hand what are you looking at look outside look at uh, the horizon it'll help I slapped him on the back <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> you're lucky you paid for my drinks mm. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. He, he, he like slams the drink <laughs> and slams it down on the counter and starts stumbling towards the door. Uh, I, yeah, I, I give up on the, the line of questioning because that certainly wouldn't be Maisel's line of expertise and I step back out. Okay. Alrighty. Edge of the World is a production of Tales from the Tabletop. Show notes, lore, fan art, and information about our other projects, including the Heart Engine role-playing system, are available on tfttpresents.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Twitch at tfttpresents, and join our Discord from the link on tfttpresents.com. This episode of Edge of the World was edited by Kathleen Childs. Our music is by Louis Zong. Our cast is Kat McDonald, Dalton Stevens, Dylan Irish, Joe Turner, and me, Bill Hinderman. Edge of the World comes out on Mondays and Thursdays, and we stream listen-alongs on Twitch on the last Friday of each month. Our full release and streaming schedule is available at tfttpresents.com. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps more than you could possibly imagine. Edge of the World is hosted on Shortwave. Thanks for listening.